Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And it really is all of our business to be aware of what's going on in the news front. And, and uh, one of my favorite sources for news uh, is Washington Post. And in fact, for quite a while, several months, uh, since last year, uh, we've been doing a weekly series with reporters from the Washington Post on what they're covering. And the reason why I'm a big fan of the Post in particular, I don't, I don't agree with it entirely on, on uh, most issues. I'm really largely right of center, but I need a diversity of opinion. You have to have that in a uh, civilized society. Uh, but in addition to that, I really respect thorough uh, articles, ones that are well-researched, with a broad perspective, and um, no one does it better than them. It's both a broad in terms of topics and in depth uh, in terms of how they cover. And so I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of the Washington Post, and I love chatting with their reporters. And uh, we're uh, delighted to have back on the program one who's been with us before, and that's Lauren Gurley. Welcome to the program. Glad to have you back on, Lauren. Tell us, uh, again, remind us of your beat, if you will, there at the uh, Post. Sure. I am the Post labor reporter, um, so I cover uh, the economics of the labor market, but I also cover unions, the labor movement, and other issues facing workers in the United States. Yeah, and it's been an interesting time to watch, something like we haven't seen in uh, quite some time. Um, kind of give us, first of all, a landscape of what made you pursue your you – know, first of all, tell us what your most recent article is, which we will have a link to at priceofbusiness.com. But talk about what made you – write about that particular article. Why, why did it arise in your mind as something that uh, needed that attention? To me, it's a fascinating piece. Sure. So um, on Tuesday, um, there was a ballot count um, for a el- union election at an Amazon warehouse in Albany, New York. Um, the union leading uh, this campaign um, is the union that you may have heard of before out of Staten Island, New York, that won the first uh, union election in Amazon's, you know, since Amazon's founding in 24, uh, 24 years ago um, in April. That sort of shocked, I think, you know, management and labor organizations alike. Um, It was a small upstart union that sort of no one expected to take on the largest warehouse in in New York City, Amazon warehouse in New York City, and win. This has over 8,000 employees. Anyway, so there's election. uh, They're trying to spread sort of their their, um, sort of Get, gain more ground on, on more warehouses, and um, they ended up having an election at this Albany warehouse on Tuesday, and, and the the union lost, um, overwhelmingly lost. Workers voted against unionizing. The final vote count was uh, 406 to 206, so almost a two-to-one ratio. Um, uh, and so, so I, I wrote about that. Um, I'd been paying attention to it for a while and other sort of efforts broadly at um, among labor organizations to unionize Amazon, which is the country's second largest employer. So the thing I found fascinating about the piece is that, is that you've seen, you know, the story, as you pointed out, how long it took for uh, unions to get 
any traction. Then they finally get some traction, but it didn't hold on for very long, uh, at least in this particular place. And they're continuously fighting around the country uh, at locations. But it's done, it's, it's done also, I think, somewhat sparingly. You know, it's like they don't want to try to compete against all of Amazon's resources everywhere. So it's very targeted. Uh, but this really is a significant setback. What do you attribute it to? Sure. You know, I would probably push back at, at saying it's a significant setback, right? Like, it's really very difficult to organize Amazon warehouses compared to, say, a Starbucks, which has 30 employees. Amazon warehouses have thousands of employees, and, um, you know, unions don't have the same access to Amazon warehouse workers as they do to, you know, Starbucks or retail or things like this. And so I think, you know, this, this is, is a setback and it's sort of a, a um, sort of showing that what, what happens to an island is maybe not replicable again in sort of this context. But, um, you know, I think there are efforts around the country going on right now by all sorts of different groups, so like independent unions, like the one we saw in Amazon and Staten, or in Albany and Staten Island, but also larger like established unions like the Teamsters, um, lots of other independent groups that are all trying to sort of take a stab at trying to unionize this company um, and, and using all different sorts of tactics. And so um, I don't think that um, we're going to stop seeing – Amazon labor union from Staten Island trying to organize more warehouses. And I don't think we're going to stop, you know, having more of these elections. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a setback, but it's, it's not, it's not going to vastly sort of uh, t tamper these efforts. I don't think. So you used, and I've read, I've read articles by you, in fact, about what's going on with Starbucks. So it's interesting. You mentioned them. I believe it was the ones I read were by you. Um, and, in fact, I think our, one of our <laughs> our interviews were, was about that, in fact. And so um, it, it's an interesting juxtaposition, isn't it, between Starbucks and Amazon. Will this affect what they do target? You're saying, you know, they're going to probably keep trying to hit these warehouses with thousands of employees, um, but they have had success with smaller uh, venues. Um, is this going to affect what their strategy looks like? And I really uh, think it's important what you pointed out that this isn't a Teamsters. This isn't an AFL-CIO. This is really a small independent union that doesn't have the resources that those larger ones have. No, and they also don't have sort of the organizing background, like the way that, you know, the Starbucks union campaign going on right now, they're, they have, they're tied to a more established union. They have established union resources. They have established union lawyers. They have more funding. They have sort of people who have been doing this professionally for better or for worse for years who are sort of are able to weigh in, whereas the Amazon route is really, you know, a group of sort of, I would say, idealistic young people who are, you know, going it on their own and really without resources against one of the world's most powerful companies. And so I don't think framing, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, um, it's, it's definitely not easy. I definitely, you know, think they're, the odds are stacked against um, the workers, but um, we're seeing a lot more success uh, for, for unions at, at Starbucks, not only because these shops are smaller and because they have more ties to institutional resources. But if you think about the, the, the demographics of, say, um, Starbucks or 
uh, REI stores or Trader Joe's stores, they're smaller. The, the, the workplaces are smaller, and, and the workers are sort of self-selecting for the type of people who would vote for unions, right? They're young people. They're liberal. They're maybe college-educated. Um, versus Amazon Warehouse, you just have a giant cross-section of, of the working class, people of all different sorts of uh, political backgrounds and who may be less educated. And so I think, you know, that's, that's sort of a, a way to look at why Amazon is such a harder nut to crack for unions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so my question is almost a little silly because these are people that work at Amazon and therefore they want their lives to change. That's why they're going to keep trying even if it is a little like uh, Don Quixote chasing windmills, which is <laughs> almost the sense I get when I read your story. Um, and so uh, obviously they're, they're going to persist there. Um, talk a little bit about why a larger union isn't helping them organize. Is that a decision of the organizers? Sure. So like I said, there are larger unions that have attempted and are attempting to unionize Amazon. They have not been as successful as this little upstart union. But um, the reason they've stayed independent, um, as their president, Christian Smalls, uh, has told me, is basically that, you know, this is something that the, the members want. Though there's a lot of distrust of established unions. Like, you know, I think people um, think that, you know, Amazon warehouse workers know best what Amazon warehouse workers go through and what the working conditions like are like and like how um, the, the warehouses operate much better than, than they think, you know, unions outside, like unions that are, um, you know, maybe don't, don't actually have people, the professional organizers aren't working in the warehouses. Um, and so I think part of it is sort of this, this overall distrust of established unions. And then another part of it, um, is that, you know, now that they've won and they, they achieved this thing that no other union has achieved before, I think they're being courted by a lot of major unions who want sort of potentially the ability to um, associate or, or um, sort of uh, work together, get those, get those workers um, affiliated with their unions, and they're just being very cautious. Um, they've definitely mm -hmm. been approached by the Teamsters and other unions, and I think they're like, no, we want to we stay uh, independent because um, we think that is, is the best route for our members, really. Yeah, it's almost as though they have an aversion to anything big, be it Amazon, <laughs> or, or working at a really big place, be it Amazon or be it a major union. We're kind of we're kind of a little gun shy of uh, of big. It almost sounds like, um, and so that's interesting. So the unions are interested, but the uh, potential union members are gun shy, or the union members who want to stay independent are gun shy. Sure. I mean, they still obviously are willing to accept donations or funding from major unions. They just don't want any strings attached, right? So I think a lot of unions are also like, we want to help you out, but we also want some credit or we want we want to be involved in, in your strategy. And they're like, no, we want <laughs> we want we want funding. We need funding because you know Amazon has so much funding to to fight our campaigns. But um, yeah, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and if they eventually do affiliate or if they really sort of stick it out on their own. And 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 I just can't imagine if they do stick it out on their own, like. The organization existing as it does now, it'll either get sort of sink or swim. I think. Yeah, it's the old uh, wanting your cake and eating it too. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're running out of time. Always have uh, more conversation than time. It's uh, one of the tragedies of uh, media. Uh, Lauren Gurley, uh, Lauren, I always love having you on. Look forward to having you on again. Final thoughts, though, as we wrap it up. Sorry, I couldn't hear your last question. Oh, final thoughts? Your, fi <laughs> yeah. your final thoughts, yeah, as we wrap it up. I apologize. Um, you know, one one thing I've been thinking about a bit is that a lot of the reason we've seen this uptick in union elections and these big first, the big first un, uh, un, successful union drives at Amazon, uh, REI, Trader Joe's, Apple, uh, all these um, sort of big branding companies over the past year, these are all first time, um, a lot of that has been sort of um, – not, I wouldn't say possible, but definitely helped by the, the amount of leverage workers right, have right now in the economy. There's a very tight labor market. Um, people are pissed off after the pandemic. Um, there is sort of a situation where for a long time we've had two open job openings for every worker looking for work. And so workers have had a lot of leverage, and we could see that changing over the next few months as the labor market cools off and the economy sours with the Fed raising interest rates. And so I think it'll be interesting to see whether um, this level of activism continues if, if there's a downturn and workers sort of lose their leverage in the labor market. I'll be paying attention to yeah. that. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to have your uh, hands full with that because there seems to be a big dynamic going on. Uh, both a uh, desire for big, bold moves as well as fear and ap apprehension because you get the sense that this economy is a little wobbly in spite of the uh, low unemployment numbers. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much as always. Love having you on the program. Love my interviews with the Washington Post. Strongly encourage people to uh, check out the Post regularly. I, I check it every single day, WashingtonPost.com. Plus, we're going to have a link to Lauren's article over at PriceOfBusiness.com. Stay tuned for more.